Blog Talk Radio. back. Welcome, everybody. This is your host, Doug and Jackie Christie, and we want you to join us in this conversation. At any time, you can call us and get right in at 347-215-8305. That is right. Welcome, everybody, to Infinite Love Talk Radio. You can also join us anytime in our chat room throughout our entire show. And today, we will be discussing celebrities that inspire us. That's right, honey, and we're going to start with Deepak Chopra. And tell us a little bit about him. Deepak Chopra is inspirational in a lot of different uh, respects. He has a retreat in California that you can go and you can relax, learn a lot about yourself. A lot of people may look at him more as a, a religious, but it's not so much that. Maybe it's more spiritual and self-help. And some of his books, The Way of the Wizard, is one of my all-time favorite books. I used to read every day before any game that I played, but it's just a, a way that can help you look at life in a in a different light. Instead of maybe looking at the pessimistic side, you might look at the optimistic side. Yep, I would have to definitely. When we found out about Deepak Chopra through a, a lady that used to do my massages a long time ago in Toronto, Canada, and we actually started reading about it, and it just it fascinated me and Doug to the point where we were in shock um, when we came back to join the team after the summer break, and we just really seen life differently. And I think that everybody should go out and grab that book. But he is definitely an inspirational person. I know that folks probably go, well, he's not a celebrity, but he definitely is. And you can catch him on TV on all kinds of different shows. He's been on everyone's talk show. He's fabulous again. That's Deepak Pop Chopra. And we'll move right along to number two, who would be Mr. Sidney Portier. Now, Sidney Portier is, is interesting. And, and I read uh, his book, The Measure of a Man, which is a fantastic read for anybody out there. But my wife and I also caught him the other night. He was on Larry King. And for those of you who might not have seen the interview, one of the things that obviously he is a fantastic actor and love all his works, even back in the day when he was with Bill Cosby and all of that. But one of the things that really, I think, enthralled both my wife and I the most about Sidney was the fact that at 81 years old, which he looked fantastic, by the way, he said that he just refuses now to do yeah. movies because the uh, the directors that that he was, you know, that brought him along and he is really faithful to are no longer with him anymore. On top of the fact that those directors did really, really, really high quality work, not to knock the ones that's out nowadays, but he said that, you know, the work was just different back then. And so he, he definitely will not compromise his values, and we think that is highly inspirational, right, Danny? No question. I, I just, I know he has a, a new book out, and I'm going to get it and read it, so I'll be telling all of our listeners about that <laughs> once I get it and, and I'm able to sit down and, and have a second to go through it. But Sidney Portier, for anybody who really wants to uh, check out some good works, obviously in the movies, but also in books, check him out, Sidney Portier. 
Most definitely. And then we'll jump right on into my girl, Tyra Banks. We really, really, really have to speak highly of her. Not only is she a friend of our family, she's also a great inspiration to young girls, to, you know, people in general. She's she's fabulous. She has her talk show out now. She does inspiring shows. She's dressed in fat suits, which is um, suits to make her appear to be a heavyset person and go out into the world and to bring their story to the light on how they feel being treated differently and made fun of. She's, she's done, you know, shows on elderly people and how they're treated. She's done shows on being black, being white, all the different things. She's highly inspirational. Not only was she a longtime model and she has that under her belt, she also has the fact that she doesn't compromise her values either. No question. I think Tyra is uh, inspirational for a lot of women, uh, obviously just as a person, period, but the fact that you're able to uh, start out as a model, continue going to acting, own your own show, have it syndicated, it's an awesome story. And for those of you who want to check it out, Tyra Banks is definitely an inspiration. Definitely, and as my husband said, you can also check her out at tyrabanks.com or you can turn on pretty much any channel and it will eventually show a commercial or something and let you know where she's playing at in your area. Then we'll move right along to actor Brad Pitt, um, who is very inspirational for his green project, which is he's building houses for people that lost their homes during the Katrina um, ordeal in New Orleans, and he's going around, you know, soliciting and, and um, you know, taking donations to help do that, and I guess he donated $5 million of his own money and wants people to match that, and even though the, some of the government um, folks don't want to really get involved in it, he's still doing it, so I think that that's a highly inspirational person as well, not to mention his acting in Yes, I definitely think so. His acting is awesome. Love him as an actor. And that's one of the inspirations. It's not just the civic service that all of these great people do, but it's also that their craft, it can inspire you at the same time. And Brad Pitt, I mean, when he gets into his roles, you can look at him and tell that, like, he is fitting into it, and you really believe that that's who it is, and that's what is is so great about Brad Pitt, just as far as New Orleans and the green thing that he's doing and really helping people and going out, not only giving of his own money, but mm-hmm. soliciting at the same time, because a lot of credit comes with the name Brad Pitt, and people are more apt to to donate and try to help that situation. So hats off to him, definitely. Most definitely. And then we'll move right along to, everybody knows this person right here. Her name is Oprah Winfrey, and she has the School for Girls in Africa. She also does an enormous amount of charity work. We can only take our hats off to Oprah and and all that she has done and how many doors she's opened for African-American people over the years. A lot of people complain that maybe she should do more, but if you really look at kind of some of her work, you, you can't do anything but respect all the great things that Oprah has done. I think she's a highly inspirational person in our day and age. You know, a lot of people forget also, baby, about the fact that she is an actress from The Color Purple and uh, and Beloved and things like that, where she really hit the hit the part and, and did it well. But I think her inspiration also comes in her story, the fact that she was able to start off in television, get her own show, get it syndicated, do smart things with it, and then all of a sudden now she is just she's she an lives, icon. Yeah, she's an icon and a billionaire, and to have that type of story, in America today, being a black woman, I think is definitely inspirational. 
Oh, most definitely. And our hats go off to Oprah Winfrey for sure. She's our number one pick. Then, or actually, she's our number two pick because number one is you and you and Charlie the most. <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll jump right down to Clint Eastwood and the fact that not only is he a huge movie icon in Hollywood, we all grew up on Clint Eastwood movies, I'm sure, but he also went on to run in um, as mayor and wanted of Carmel, California. So it's a little town in California. It's beautiful there, by the way. I happen to be lucky enough to go through there one time with a bunch of friends years and years ago. But it's a great place, and we went to a like a little rib place to eat food, and he actually came there. So it was this big ruckus. Everyone's running and screaming, and, oh, my God, he's here. And we didn't know who it was. We thought Michael Jackson had came to town, and it was Clint Eastwood. So it was really, really exciting. We didn't get near him. Of course, they had bodyguards that held you with, you know, pretty far back, but you could look over in a restaurant and see him over there eating his food and really mixing in with the town folks, and I thought that was cool, but he's inspirational, not just for movies, but he also has written books, and, um, you know, he's always done great movies, never compromised himself, you know, they say he's great to work with on set, and he treats African Americans, Caucasian people, Latin people, whoever he happens to be working with, he treats everyone as equals, and, and just continues making great movies. You know, Clint Eastwood must be about the same age as Sidney Portier, mm-hmm. about about eighty one or so. And one of the awesome things I think about Clint Eastwood is the fact that uh you don't hear too much bad said about Clint oh. Eastwood. And that I think in this profession in Hollywood and that whole thing and to be such a big superstar as he is, I think that says a lot about him and his character. Now hopefully we don't pick up the papers tomorrow and read anything, but Clint, <laughs> Clint Eastwood is is definitely I mean, he's been around for so long from his old western movies which I used to watch with my father because he loved old Clint Eastwood uh, westerns, the good, the bad and the ugly, but just a a body of work that speaks just tremendously. He is definitely an icon. Definitely. I I would have to say that too. And then we'll move right on into Steven Spielberg, honey, and the movie E.T. I mean, we can go everywhere with this. Yeah, I, you know, that is, Stephen came along, I think, at a time when movies were really just starting to pick up people, and he kind of stepped out on the limb, and he touched the whole alien thing, and I think it really inspired many, many filmmakers to, you know, from George Lucas to all of a sudden now we've got Star Wars and all these uh-huh. different things that are coming along, and you just have to really give Steven Spielberg credit because I think E.T. took off in a whole different direction. You look at, I think it was Coke or it was Pepsi that was in the movie, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you got cross promotions, and just, it exploded, and I think a lot of it has to do with Steven Spielberg. E.T. was a huge movie, and, and it touched that kid market at the same time with the little kid riding the bike and all that, and then all of a sudden went, I want to go out and see, <laughs> and you know, it made a lot of people cry at the end, and uh, a great movie, though. Steven Spielberg is big. Steven Spielberg is awesome, that's right. And then we'll go right into Tupac Shakur. I'm sure everybody remembers Tupac. God rest his soul. He not only in music, but acting, his passion, and his poetry. I'll let my husband reiterate because he is fabulous. Yeah, you know, Tupac from so many different standpoints is an inspiration to everybody, not just the African-American community, because his passion, first and foremost, I mean, if you watch his interviews or anything that he was talking or doing, which led into his acting, his passion was just so surreal. I mean, you can see that he was serious about whatever he was into. Then his music transcended just everybody and everything it you could relate to it because 
he's saying, look, I'm struggling and you're struggling, but you know what? We can do it. We can make it. We can make it happen. And all of those things. And for those of you who might not know, uh, he wrote poetry and a lot of it is in his own handwriting. And the book is called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. It's uh, it's a powerful work. Uh, You can see in his handwriting and they type it out for you. So some of it you might not be able to read that you can really relate and kind of get into his head and see what he was talking about. And a lot of it is very powerful stuff. But Tupac Shakur is, is definitely an inspiration. Definitely, definitely an inspiration. And then we'll move right on down to Muhammad Ali and his long boxing career, not to mention all the obstacles he had to go over and cross over, his pride and his sacrifice. Yeah, baby, Ali is, I mean, he's an icon for uh, America, period. And and it's kind of ironic because he went through the thing with the not going to Vietnam and then he had to go to jail and he lost his title and all that stuff but then in the last Olympics he's holding the torch and bringing it up and it's just ironic how all of a sudden you know he can be scorned and then he is back as a symbol for not only America but the whole world about overcoming obstacles and a true champion because he was stripped of it he came back and won it he lost it he came back and won it again I mean just so many different obstacles and now uh, he has Parkinson's disease but I read his book and he talked about the fact that it's really taught him so much the disease that that he has about uh, life and patience and a lot of different things that he may have took for granted when he was, you know, still boxing and all that stuff. So Muhammad Ali, not only for kids, but, you know, each generation that's going to come along, everyone is going to hear that name, Muhammad Ali. Oh, most definitely, and and all I can say is I take my hat off to him. Even with his disease, he's still, you know, changing people's lives. Yeah, he's reaching out and touching people in, in tremendous numbers because he goes out and he, he still speaks when he can. I, I believe he lives in Michigan now, but uh, just just a powerful man. Iconic is the only way to describe Muhammad Ali. Most definitely in our hearts and love go out to him. Then we'll move right into Tom Cruise. And the reason that he's inspiring to me and to our family is he was fired um, from one of the companies he had been with for a long, long time. And what they say, and a lot of the rumors kind of got misconstrued, but it all boils down to him not being afraid to show his love and for his wife. And that didn't sit well. And I don't know if that's just a Hollywood thing or a thing that you have to be, you know, kind of like that, you know, jock or that player, but they didn't feel that he would have the same response from female viewers anymore if he did that. And he showed that he loved his missus, his baby's mother, his wife, whatever um, she was at that time, and he lost all that he had been working with, you know, with them with for all those years. But now he bounced right back, and another company believed in him and wasn't concerned with his private life, gave him another opportunity, and now he's living his dream. And I think that's highly inspirational in this day and age. Yeah, Tom Cruise, I I definitely agree with you because he took a lot of hits from uh, jumping up and down on Oprah's couch and uh, all of a sudden he wasn't at the top anymore. But that shows that if you work hard and you are doing it for the right reasons, you can get back to the top where he definitely is right now. 
Oh, most definitely. And, you know, we, we hope we haven't forgotten anybody because there's so many inspirational people out there, inspirational celebrities. And, you know, at this time, do you have anybody else, honey, that we really want to pay tribute to? Uh, man, I could go down the list. There's a Spike Lee who's made oh, some goodness. fabulous movies. I think uh, School Days was one that, that came out and it showed that independently you can make a movie which spawned a whole bunch of different people to start making movies to do the right thing, to... Uh, Malcolm X, just a powerful, powerful man that, that he was able to do and, and make the movies that he has. Uh, Michael Jordan, I, I would be remiss without saying that because as a basketball player and an athlete, he's inspired uh, generations to come that we haven't even seen yet because he is still uh, an icon now and he's not even playing the game anymore. His shoes... No, no question. I mean, when you win championships the way that he has, you got to look at his coach, uh, another inspirational person, Phil Jackson, who has taken on uh, uh, Zen philosophy and has been able to really uh, transcend a lot of basketball rumors and different things to get his team to believe in certain aspects and all of a sudden Shaquille and Kobe win three championships in a row and it's not, uh, you know, uh, it has a lot to do with Phil Jackson. I, I would have to say that. So Phil is definitely an inspiration. Oh, most definitely. And I would have to also say Mariah Carey. I think she's a great inspiration being a singer and pretty much being on top of the world. And then she had the nervous breakdown some years back, and then she ended up coming back now, bouncing back, and she's back at the top of the number, you know, one chart. What is she now, like number two or three? Yeah, and and watch out because here comes Shani. Yes, that's right. That would be that would happen to be our daughter, um, Shani. And she's how old is she? Ten. She is fourteen, going on fifteen. Uh, we're gonna cover her later in the hot pot. I was worried about that. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Basketball. Yes, yes, everybody, and we're going to welcome back the one, the only, Wizzle, and we're going to talk a little sports with the Wizzle today, and I know sports is big right now, Wizzle, as we're watching playoff basketball, and we're going to start out with Kobe Bryant wins the MVP. What do you got to say about that? Well, the Wizzle said he doesn't know what he wants. It's been a long time. Okay. <laughs> hey, Wizzle. Oh, well, it, he's deserving. Nothing more to say about that. <laughs> what, 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 uh, what about then? Let, let's go to uh, Byron Scott as coach of the year. Is that deserving? Would you say? No doubt. Um, they also um, he's holding on to a player down there, which was uh, in largely considered uh, to be an MVP type candidate, and I think they put put together something pretty special down in New Orleans. And Byron Scott is definitely. Uh, I, I can't pick a better candidate for Coach of the Year. I agree with you. So many. Di- I'm so happy not only for him, uh, Daryl Walker's his assistant coach who I, I played under, but his whole staff and, and the players because everything that went through with Katrina and all that stuff for them to be where they're at, it says a lot not only about Byron Scott but about his leading ability, which was questioned when he was in New Jersey. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, he's put together something. Uh, it, not only is it entertaining to watch, and uh, he's got all his players to buy in, and that's often a sign of who's at the head of the ship, uh, and, and Byron's definitely doing his thing down there. 
a defensive player of the year, Kevin Garnett in Boston. And I don't think that Boston, I would have to say, hasn't seen that since, uh, man, would you say some championships that go with Bill Russell? Well, that would be it. Uh, hey, I, I think that KG, uh, his, uh, his practice and work ethic in practice is infectious, and uh, it, it definitely spreads to their team. They get out there, they challenge you. And we also got to give a lot of credit to Doc Rivers for uh, buying into that plan and understanding what he has. And uh, right now, we're talking postseason basketball. They're the only team I see out full court pressing. So good for you, Doc. No question. And, and one good thing about that, Wizzle, is that when your best player is also your most energetic and infectious player, it just leads the team. He doesn't have to say a lot. He has to just go out there and do his thing, and everybody falls in line. So defensive player of the year for Kevin Garnett was big only for him, not only for him, but for the Boston Celtics team as a whole. Oh, I definitely think so. And, uh, again, it's so easy for Kevin Garnett to be who he is because he, he obviously plays with a lot of intensity, and I'm sure that everybody's taking notice of that, and, and they've, they've caught on pretty well out there in Boston. No question. Now, going into and, and talking a little bit about the playoffs here, we got L.A. in Utah, and L.A. 2-0 strong lead. They go into Utah last night, and they lose one. Does this make this a series, or do you see L.A. handling business? What do you think? Well, it definitely became a series last night. Uh, out of all the games that uh, Utah lost this year at home, which is five of them, uh, one of those came at the hands of your Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, I think that there's a challenge for the Lakers to go into Utah and win, and I, I think that uh, Utah has a lot of pride to and steadfast to you know stand up and, and do what they're supposed to do at home. So right now you're seeing teams do what they're supposed to do. They defend their home court, and, and the series starts when another team picks up a win on the opposing team's court. Now, do you, do you believe that Utah has a chance if Carlos Boozer, and I, I don't know if it was 2020, but it was darn near close last night. If he doesn't have that type of game, do they have any type of chance? Do they have enough players that can step up and overcome the Lakers? What do you think? Um, definitely, I, I think that Carlos Boozer had a, obviously a great game last night, uh, and I agree with you. It was somewhere around 28 and 20, uh, something phenomenal for him. And uh Woo! But the thing is, is that he really, really feeds off that Utah crowd. And the things that's going to take players to the next level is what you're willing to move yourself out of as far as the comfort level. You got to go to LA and put up that, that same type of, uh, uh, that same type of performance to not only set a message to who you're playing to your opponents, but your teammates and to let you know and, and, and everybody starts to feel that, hey, we can beat these guys and they got a chance. I mean, obviously the things that have to work their way, as you've seen LA really, really make it tight towards the end, but, uh, Kobe had another fabulous game and, and they came out with a win. So, um, as far as Utah, but, you know, that's what it's all about. It's about, uh, players and the big time players and, the star players on the team taking that step, that initial step, to, and pulling everybody along with them. 
I agree with you on that one, Wizzle, and I think that that's where you separate your Carlos Boozers, who is definitely an all-star, but you separate him from a Kevin Garnett who he brings that intensity home, away, wherever they're at, and that's the reason that he is as special as he is. And hopefully, you know, this is a maturation that Carlos Boozer is learning that type of intensity because uh, you're right, when he was in front of the Utah fans, he's a totally different player. Um, again, and, and I agree with you completely. With you brought up Kevin Garnett, and and he's got a challenge ahead of him today, uh, uh, later this evening, where they go into Cleveland and and take on a team. And hey, as great as Boston has been, they haven't won a playoff game this year. So on the road, that is. So that's something to take notice of. Well, that that takes us right into the Boston Cleveland series. Boston up two games to love. Cleveland uh, has pretty much been without LeBron James, and that's only because Boston, I, I personally think, has really focused in on him, and he's going to need Wally Zerbiak and some of these other guys to his supporting cast to really, really step up if they're going to have a chance. Otherwise, we could be looking at some brooms. Definitely, we that is a, a part of what happens. But I, I do uh, expect for Cleveland to be uh, re-energized and to come out with a lot, a, a lot better of an effort because uh, the previous two games, they, they pretty much could have won. You know, they probably should have won both games. I, I know the second game started to get get out of hand and get out of the way, but it really looks like they're playing with the, with playing with Boston, and they're on the same t- type of uh, uh, t- same level caliber mentally or physically, but then uh, what happens is the playoff experience and, and the grit of players who, who haven't had it, and it's their chance, and I'm going for it now. And, and, and I, I think it's a difference between the, the, the elder players and the, the younger players because they don't really know what's at stake. And if you're playing against a, a guy in the other – if you're sticking a guy and he's been in the league for 12 years and this is his first chance, his legitimate chance at going at it, you're going to catch your elbow tonight if you don't know what's going down. Yeah, you are definitely correct. And I, and I look at the Philadelphia-Boston, uh, or excuse me, the Boston-Atlanta series and how Atlanta really took advantage of Boston was they ran them up and down the court. Now, does Cleveland have the type of supporting cast along with LeBron James that can pull off something like that, or maybe just at home they can do that? What Cleveland is going to need is the the final effort they had against the Wizards where they had Wally Serbiak step up big and have a, put a, a, together a 26-point performance. Uh, Delonte West finished with somewhere around 17 and 8 assists. So everybody has to find their niche and play well. And obviously uh, LeBron's numbers stink right now, and he's going to definitely have to uh, uh, shake himself up and come back to the player that he once was. Yes, I agree with you. Now, go, going on in, in to, back to the West Coast, we're going to talk about uh, New Orleans Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs. Now, we got a series here. New Orleans is up two games to one. Chris Paul playing fantastic basketball. Uh, San Antonio got a little home cooking. What are you What are you looking at there? Now, this series, I, I really read a lot on this next game. Every game is obviously is huge, but for the psyching of of the San Antonio Spurs, because I'm sure you come from a situation traveling to New Orleans and you realize that it's a hostile environment and their team plays absolutely fabulous. Uh, Energizer Bunny 
all their players, even the players that come off the bench, are, are energizing their team and they're feeding out for the crowd. So I think that's a place that they it, – it's more of a challenge for them to win. So this game right here is super, super important because if they screw around and let uh, New Orleans come into San Antonio and take a win, we could be looking at something, uh, a change of the guard. Yeah, I agree with you. That those are the exact words: is a change of the guard. And I think that that's what we're looking at. Whether San Antonio is ready to relinquish that or not is ultimately, like you said, going to be up to tonight's game. Because one thing that bodes well for the New Orleans uh, Hornets was they were playing with the San Antonio Spurs for you know three and a half good quarters, and San Antonio finally, I think, with a lot of playoff experience, took over the game. But uh, I'm interested to see which Hornet team shows up tonight. No doubt, and Tony Parker has to, again, take it personal, and, and uh, he has to nullify the point guard position because uh, somebody else has to win uh, for the Hornets. And because Chris Paul has been taking guards, uh, taking guards apart, taking defenses apart uh, as far as his penetration uh, becoming a problem. Then once that becomes a problem, he kicks it out to guys who are, are hitting threes all over the place. He's kicking it out to pages. He ends up with 200 and like 17 threes for the year, personal best and NBA record. So those are type of things you have to clamp down on. You got to figure out what makes him go, and try to figure out how to slow that down. Well, you know, one big thing I think in this series is going to be the chess match between Popovich and Byron Scott. And I think last game, uh, Popovich pulled some really big cards. He put Parker on Paul and pretty much said, look, you're going to have to stick your man and make it happen. Not only did he stick him, but uh, I think he balanced it out because he had 35, he had 31. I mean, that's pretty much a wash. Then all of a sudden you, you have Pager who gets slowed down by Bruce Bowen, and you got to mark one for Popovich. So it's going to be interesting to see how Byron Scott and, and what he comes back with in this game. No doubt. And, uh, again, it, we're talking about playing in the, uh, away from the, from your home and your strength. And, and again, players like Pager, Stoyakovich, absolutely he thrived in the first two games. And you need you really need those players to step up big right now on the road. And, again, it's the, it's the same situation and scenario as Utah and Los Angeles. You have to send a message. You have to send one early, and the earlier the better. And not only that, uh, the, teams that are, are the, the teams that are hungry, you'll find, will be resting and trying to prepare for the next level uh, in, 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 in a more concentrated level of basketball. So those are things you need to be looking at, and those are things that veterans consider right now as far as uh, playing extra games and and your competition sitting there waiting. So you have to you, you know have to step your game up, no doubt. You know, uh, when you speak of changing the guards with the New Orleans and San Antonio series, and that's pretty much the same thing that we're looking in the Eastern Conference with Detroit and Orlando in a game that was on earlier. Chauncey Billups set out, and uh, what are you looking at with this Detroit-Orlando situation? Uh, a lot of the same components we've been uh, talking about, we're looking at here. Uh, we're talking about a game where Orlando begins to take a commanding lead, and they're riding the wave of their fans, and the know-how and the the, the, the mental fortitude of a better team and a, a more experienced team, it, it really started to play its part. You watch our Orlando miss big free throws. This is despite uh, uh, Hidu Turkoglu's huge fourth quarter as far as taking over for his team. And they really, really overcame everything. And I'm, I don't know, it seemed like they took the wind out of Orlando's cells this evening. 
Well, going back to Detroit, do, do you think they they end it there? Does Chauncey come back and play that game? Do you risk him? Do you keep him out and know that your team will handle business at home? Flip Saunders, what, what do you think he's going to do? I'm sure that their team not only can play without Chauncey, but they're definitely going to play better at home. Um, it's obviously going to be up to Chauncey and the coaching staff, uh, the medical staff for that matter, to figure out what's going to be best. Uh, Hopefully they don't rush him back because obviously you see the way they run and they play together. They have a lot of players who have a lot of playoff minutes and, and games and experience and situations together. So uh, I think that they can definitely go without him, and um, I think that they can do it. They can go ahead and take care of business. You heard it here, everybody. The Wizzles playing Detroit in five games back at home, a little home cooking in the Motor City. We'll send Orlando packing, and we will have to wait until next year to watch Dwight Howard do the Superman again. Wizzle, as always, we love having you. Talk to us about sports and giving us your insight. Enjoy tonight's game, and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. And now we'll move right along. We will go right on into Hot Topics, and we have on our Hot Topics today, baby, we got Mariah Carey gets married. She had a top secret wedding in the Bahamas with none other than Nick Cannon. What do you think about that? Now, is is that eloping or is that top secret wedding what what do you what do you consider about that a little of both but she actually had two private jets get this everybody fly into this place and they used the private jets coming in but they said they were blown away because the first private jet looked like a military jet that the president would ride in that carried nick cannon and mariah carey the second jet had 20 guests which was family and friends that they actually invited, and everybody boarded the planes carrying glasses of mimosas, which is champagne and orange juice for people out there that don't know, and they were all in a party mood and celebrating when they ran off of the plane, jumped into limos, and all went to the big cottage, where the next day at noon, they got married on the beach at her villa, her $5 million villa. So she she footed the bill? <laughs> well, I don't know about that because he did buy the ring but from Jacob the jeweler, by the way. But the good thing about it is, is that you kind of call it eloping because you didn't tell the rest of your family and friends, but you kind of don't. So it's kind of a secret wedding that only they knew about. Well, best wishes to both of them. <laughs> I, I hope that it works out and it works out well. Uh, you know, stay together. Stay yeah, strong. strong. And they can do that if they want to. So if they're listening, we do wish you guys the best of luck. Then we move right along to the amazing that is giving birth to her 18th child. Woo! 18th. 18th. Ooh. She has seven daughters. Wait, she has seven. seven daughters and ten sons. Oh, my, my, my. What is and eight? Hoping this one? Uh, oh, so they're hoping it's twins. They just found out she's oh, not back. Oh, man. <laughs> and Good. she said she has no chance of slowing down in the next five years. That's Pat. You need 12 for a basketball team. She's five. She's working on her opponent's. They're going to have two teams. Oh, now that's she gets twenty. She gets 24. They'll have to be able to play two games <laughs> or get a small football team. Small football team, that's right. And then in more somber news, you guys, we have to move right along and tell you about the NFL player's older brother. He was gunned down and killed in Florida. Oh. Yeah, it was very sad. The sad, you know, not just that, and God rest his soul, his other brother and sister also 
was killed, at, you know, years back, of course. And so this football player, a New York Jets football player, is in mourning. So we our prayers go out to them. Wow, that that is crazy. So now he's, he's pretty much by himself? Pretty much. I, I don't know if he has any other siblings. That's what they're wow. reporting in the news. So it's pretty sad that a, a lot of his family members actually were gunned down and killed. Um, and then we'll move along. There is some divers. I'm not sure what coast they're off of, but they are building an underwater cemetery for all the different people that died at sea. And I think that's very, very, that's also inspirational because what about all those people that aren't going to ever be recovered from the water? Now that there's a cemetery under there, there will be other, you know, people can have ceremonies out there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Underwater cemetery, that's taking us back to like the city of Atlantis. But that's going to be, uh, I haven't, I haven't, I have to see that with my own two eyes so I can kind of see how it goes. How do you dig up the grave and all that stuff? Or is this something that you're, you're kind of letting the body go out to see? Yeah, I think oh, you know that, but they have actually, they're building in the sand underneath and they're putting like, you know, the plaques and everything. Wow. Headstones and all that, but it's going to be interesting. So, everybody, keep your eyes and ears open for that. It's just a real thoughtful thing to do something like that, I think. And, um, you know. That's going to be interesting. Well, in our last topic, we have the sensational young diva by the name of Shani is coming out with her album entitled My Dream, June 1st. 2008. Everybody get there and get it. I'm telling you, if you love music, if you love old school music, if you love new school music, if you love music at all, this is going to be the album that uh, talks it all because it's some beautiful stuff on there. And, and I got the insider on that one. Oh, most definitely. And I, I would like to say that I, I second that motion. That is some hot news. It's a hot topic, and it's going to be fabulous. And we'll move right along to love and romance. And we're going to cover what we just kind of talked about, honey. We're going to cover eloping and what that means. We'll break it down because I, I want to know, when you eat and you lope, is that like you're putting two words together? You're not telling anybody that you're going to Vegas and tying the knot? What what exactly are we talking about? Well, if you guys remember back in the day when Janet Jackson eloped with Elle DeBarge's brother, or was it Elle DeBarge? I think it was Elle. Okay, well, when she eloped with one of the DeBarge brothers years ago, that would be where you go and you sneak and you have a quick ceremony. Like, say you're with your boyfriend and you're out at the park and all of a sudden you guys decide to get married. There's certain cities where you won't need a marriage, uh, I mean, where you won't need a blood test, or you, and all you have to do is just go there, and they'll marry you, say, Vegas or Chapel on the Bells and places like that. I won't give out too many of them because I don't want to encourage eloping. I think having the family and friends, even if it's a small ceremony, is something special. I didn't get blood. <laughs> I didn't give any blood. I don't know about that blood test thing. <laughs> yeah, some cities require a blood test, but eloping, you can just pick up your mate, and you guys go somewhere, Britney Spears done it, and you just go to Vegas and... They marry you right there on the spot, and you can have, you just need one witness, and they even have people that will sit in as your witness if you need them. Shani, listen to the show today? No, Shani's not listening today. Shani's oh, asleep. <laughs> better be okay eloping in love yeah, and romance. I don't know. I mean, hey, if you really love somebody, you don't need a whole bunch of people to watch yeah, you get right. married. And if it's just the two of you and that's what you want to do, go for it. Go for it. That's right. And then we'll move right along to what is cheating. And, you know, we would like to say that I, I feel like cheating is not just physical. It also can be emotional. And a lot of people go, well, we're just friends, and he's just my friend or she's just my friend, and we're just talking on the phone. That is really, really bothersome. On top of that, it can lead to problems, and it's unfair. You have a mate. You've chosen to spend your life with be soulmates. I think you should stay in your, your you know, circle with that person. It just it keeps a lot of the, um, the trust 
level high. It keeps a lot of the extra questions down, and it's just that's what the specialness of being together with someone is, is being with them. If you want to share a conversation with someone, share it with your mate. If you want to go for a long walk with someone, go with your mate. There's no need to have that special type of relationship going with someone else on the side because it just leads to trouble, and that goes for men and women. So I would consider cheating not just physical but also emotional when you're feeling like you need to go to someone else for advice and, you know, call them and you look to them to be proud of you for things. That's emotional cheating, and it's just something that should not be tolerated. What do you think, honey? Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Obviously, physical cheating, that's an easy one. Everybody can see that. But what about uh, the meeting at the water cooler at work and you're laughing and joking around uh, what, what do you say about that I definitely would say no no I mean laughing and joking around is one thing but you know when you're flirting you know when you have eyes for someone and they know the same thing and everyone hopefully as adults are of age at least you know 16 17 18 years old that they are very clear on what the circumstances and situation is and just respect yourself more than anything um, you know yourself first and, and everybody that you are involved with that means your family your kids be a good example everyone should strive to be a good example and also to just you know in this day and age and with what we fight for and stand for, and that's HIV prevention and knowledge and education, definitely consider that because there's a lot of different infectious diseases out there you can get by going around and cheating and having flings, and it's just it's unfair to you, it's unfair to the other person, it's unfair to everybody involved. And if you have a high level of respect for yourself and your relationship, you won't have to worry about emotional or physical cheating, right, baby? That's right, and my wife, just to clarify, she said of age 16, 17, or 18, you got to be 18, we prefer 21 for our daughter. That's right, and when I say of age, meaning of age to know what is right and what is wrong, and right at 15, you know if someone's flirting with you. If you're younger than that, you should not even be in a conversation with anybody in those terms. You should be talking about Barbie Steel and Pac-Man and, you know, uh, Sega Genesis and all the little, you know, the PSPs and that sort of thing, fashion. You might have some ideas about that, maybe talking about school. But right about 15, 16, right out of puberty, you might start, you know, liking boys or liking girls for that matter. That's what I'm talking about as far as you know when you're flirting and you're trying to get at somebody in the way we say it, and you don't need to be doing that. No question, baby. Well, let's. Uh, I know something that you found is the ten top, ten top, top ten love songs, y'all. Love songs. What are they, baby? Well, we got a number. You want to go backwards or forward? Yeah, let's go with number one, and we'll start with Brian Wilson. Yes, he is the number one love song right now, and his uh, Brian Wilson. I haven't, I, I can't say that I've heard this, but the the name of it is God Only Knows. So, right. number one, Brian Wilson, check him out. And then we'll go to number two, which is Cole. Uh, how do you how do you pronounce my last name? Porter. Porter, Cole Porter, you guys, and it's called Every Time We Say Goodbye. And then we'll move down to number three. George Harrison, and that is something. And then Stevie Wonder, I believe. Ben E. King, Stand By Me. Bert Baccarat and Hal Dove, What the World Needs Now is Love. No, I know both of those songs, Stand By Me and What the World Needs Now. Okay. Uh, Aaron Berlin, Let's Face the... And that's music. And then we'll go to Dolly Parton. It's number eight. And that is I'll Always Love You. And number nine is The Penguins. And that would be Earth Angel. Is that 
Earth angels. I believe has it. Okay. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice. And then number 10 would be Alicia Keys, No One. And that is her new song, No One, No One. It's beautiful. Everybody out there. And again, we thank you so very much. Honey, you want to tell them this time how much we appreciate them joining us again for another one of our shows? Every week, y'all, we appreciate everybody coming out and listening. We have so much fun talking with you guys, talking with each other, covering sports, love, romance, and everything and anything in between. If anybody out there has anything that you guys would like to hear us conversate about or cover in our topics, please email us, as you always can, at DougAndJackieChristie.com anytime. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you same place, same time next week. Peace. Respect. Yeah.